1: Are you ready for some high adventure coming
2: up next on the Mutual Audio Network?
1: The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult.
2: In these walls, another case goes unsolved.
0: Luckily, I was just about to get the break I was looking for. Glad I went hunting for Sam that night, and I'm glad I stopped those assholes from doing whatever they were going to do. It was like fate. But my guilt still hangs on me like a tackle box full of unorganized lures, mostly for not being able to do more in the long run. But then again, without Sam, I wouldn't have been able to do anything. So let's get back to that night. Okay, Sam. I need to ask you a few questions. A guy turned up dead. What's that got to do with me, Frank? You know I don't. No, no, no. Kid, I... I know. I know you wouldn't do anything like that. I'm just wondering if you heard anything weird on the streets lately. See, the thing is, the dead fella didn't have a drop of blood in his body. I don't know who or what could have done that. He didn't have any enemies, and nobody knows who could have hurt him. Not a soul was out to get him. I've called around everybody I know. There's no connection linking him to anybody with even a little shade in their past. My first thought was it might have been the husband of the woman he was sleeping with. But that dolt has no clue what's going on in his own house. So this had to be somewhat random, unless I'm missing something. I availed my abode to Sam, motioning to
1: come in and make himself at home. The police have no idea either? Geez, they're your tax dollars at work. Wait a minute, there was something about blood. Yeah, yeah. Some guy was telling my friend Jimmy about how a man came to him when he was walking home late last week. He said it felt like someone was following him for a few blocks. He walked towards the police station on 49th. Since it was on his way home anyways, he figured it would be safer. But before he got anywhere near the station, the guy attacked. The guy said he wanted to save him and he could keep him safe if he just had his blood. Poor guy also said he came at him with some weird claw thing. They were long, thin metal claws. He even got marks on his chest. I think Mark was his name.
0: Holy shit, kid. He might have just flipped this whole thing around. I couldn't believe it. There was finally something to make more sense out of all this. Don't get me wrong. It was still crazy as all hell. But now I had somewhere to start. I had to visit the man who was attacked to see if there was anything else that he knew. must be some identifiable feature that he remembered. And if not for me, at least for Joe. So he would close in on this and get a psycho off the streets. Hey Sam, help yourself to the food in the fridge and the whiskey on the shelf too. You've earned it. Dusty. Hey Frank. I'm going to swing by. We caught a break.
3: About the
2: case? About
0: that dead guy? I'll explain on the way. Be there soon. Hey Sam, stay here for a couple days. It's safer that way.
1: You sure Frank? I don't want to put you out. By the way, Mark hangs around with Jimmy at the bar downtown. The Red Harry. If you're looking for him or somebody he knows, they might be there. I nodded. I've got no problem helping out someone in need.
0: Especially someone so thankful. The look on Sam's face said it all. I just had to get out of there before his misty eyes moistened his freckled cheeks. Something so moving might be contagious. can't imagine living on the streets. I don't consider myself a soft man, but I need a bed or at least a couch to lay my head on at night. I didn't think I would really need it, but I stuck my hand into the third drawer on the left of my desk, pulled out my revolver, speckled with kisses of patina, and a slightly warped wooden handle somehow making the grip even more form-fitting to my hand. She looked old. She always shot true. And she would again. Looks like I was heading to the Red Herring. It was kind of a derelict bar. But the beer was cheap and patrons were relatively jovial as I walked down off my brownstone steps the wind shot icy daggers down my spine I hated the cold (sighs) there was something else other than the chill though that brought a shiver felt like I was being watched I worked in this line of business long enough to know that certain crimes brought about the wrong kind of attention and some people didn't want those crimes solved I put my hands on the bend of my revolver's grip as a figure stirred in the shadow across the street, highlighted only by the neon glow of a motel sign down the road. It was the woman who was on my mind, here in the flesh, like I willed her into existence.
2: Whoa
3: there, stud, haven't you heard those things are dangerous?
0: My grip and my shoulder simultaneously relaxed. The corners of her mouth rose up, right into a smirk that melted my heart.
3: You find out what happened to my sister's man yet? Word on the street is a private investigator has been poking around. He even roughed up a couple of thugs.
0: I don't know how the hell she knew about that already. It had only been a matter of hours. But I have a feeling she was doing some poking around of her own. I'm actually about to check on something that may be my first solid lead.
3: That's great to hear, cause I've come up empty. And sis is real messed up. She thinks it's all her fault.
0: Pretty sure whatever happened was random. He was just at the wrong place at the wrong time. She seemed somewhat relieved for her sister. She gave a look like she wanted to tag along, but... At the same time, she knew that she couldn't. Well, I better go. I handed her a pen with a small notebook I pulled out of my duster pocket told her it wasn't right she didn't leave a name or a number. How else am I supposed to get a hold of her?
3: The name's Lady. I don't care for her much, so I don't give it up easy. Make sure you call me with any news.
0: I will. Or maybe we could talk about it over dinner? That same grin from earlier lifted her face.
3: Eight. I'm not waiting any longer than eight.
0: And with that, her figure faded from neon to black as she purposefully whisked away like she had somewhere to be. Me? I did have somewhere to be. And I didn't want to keep Dusty waiting. I put my fingers on the handle of my car. I heard a rush of light footsteps coming towards me. A kid, maybe 12 years old, throwing out paper to anybody that would take one, startled the shit out of me. When he got to me, he shoved the crinkled flyer into my hands. It read, Come see the show. Listen to the beautiful songstress Cordelia Amsel at the Red Herring. I once again reached for the handle. This time, was a success.
1: I grew up on the streets. No one really took a chance on me until Frank. He cleaned me up and trust me when I say that I was dirty in a lot of ways. On the path I was walking, I might have been on the other one of Frank's investigations. Maybe even at the end of his pistol. Who knows? I'm glad I don't have to worry about that anymore. I, I won't go back to that life.
0: Hop in, kid. I picked up Dusty and sped to the red herring. I caught Dusty up on our lead as we approached the venue. On the outside, the herring was a dingy wall brick. The inside, a little dated, but well-maintained. The stage was the crown jewel here, looking the most modern and clean aspect of the place. I asked a couple burly locals hunched over the bar counter if they knew Jimmy. They mentioned he would be in an hour or two. So Dusty and I grabbed a small table. I sipped a neat whiskey while Dusty sucked down his water. The kid had issues in the past with booze and drugs, so he stayed away from it. If it wasn't for the case, we wouldn't even be in this bar together. And I wouldn't hazard to tempt him. About an hour went by. No sign of Jimmy or his pal. I considered getting up. When I was just about to leave, a man suddenly strode onto the stage.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, can I have your attention? Help me welcome to the stage, Cordelia Amsel!
0: She must be good, because I've never seen the bar this packed. I truly was surprised by all the patrons, as Cordelia ascended the stage the crowd grew quiet, with an eerie swiftness, like the switch went off.
3: Thank all you lost souls out there for coming to see me tonight. I'll be here all week, and then I'm hitting the road.
0: The performance seemed to be magnetic and entrancing to the bargoers. All of them like rats to the Pied Piper song. Even I felt a little warmly numb. I heard a man call out the name Jimmy. So I headed towards them, squeezing through a barricade of drunken patrons. There you
2: are. You know Mark is? I
1: ain't seen him in almost a week.
2: Uh, I haven't seen Mark either. I knocked on his door the other day and he didn't answer. Maybe he's on vacation or something. Uh, I know he's got a cousin out of town in Bronwood or something.
0: Hey fellas, I hate to interrupt. I'm a private investigator and I'm looking for the man that was attacked a week or so ago. Heard he knew you, Jimmy. It's very important I find him.
2: It's actually been days since I've seen him, and I was just talking about how Mark hasn't been around. You could try to stop by his place, but he didn't answer the door a couple days ago. Uh, Here's his address.
0: Thanks, Jimmy. You're an alright guy. I rushed out of there, grabbing Dusty on the way out the door. It was more than a little concerned that no one's seen him since that night. His friends may not have put two and two together, but I had a bad feeling. I didn't stop for nothing. It made like a bat out of hell for Mark's place. Stay here, Dusty. I double-checked the revolver, making sure it was still at my side as I ran to the door. Mark. Mark! Open up! No answer, so I checked the street behind me for passers-by. There wasn't a soul around. I opened the door with my skeleton key, which most people would refer to as a shoulder. <clears throat> I crashed through the doorway, fumbling almost off my feet. As I regained my composure, I was first hit by the darkness. And secondly, the smell. I pulled out the lighter that I compulsively carried as an ex-smoker. I knew the smell that rang sharp in my nostrils. Mark wasn't out of town. In fact... He had never made out of his house. With the dim light guiding me, I shuffled through the narrow hallways littered with books and knick-knacks, overturned showing a sign of struggle throughout the house. And there was Mark, a lifeless mass in the kitchen. Must have been there a few days, <sighs> if it was summer, the neighbors would have found out before I did. It's a shame he couldn't have made it a step or two further. He had died just short of reaching the knives out of the cutting block. Might have bought himself some time or kept himself alive. Defensive wounds and the effect of slices and scratches marred his arms and hands. The scene was chaotic with drops of blood everywhere but no pooling. Figured I'd search the scene first in case some rookie cops corrupt any evidence that I could have used. Flipping some light switches on, I noticed the same holes on his neck as the first body I inspected at the start of my case combed through the whole house as quickly as I could while trying not to miss anything. But I did find something. A flyer. The same flyer that that kid handed to me. The one for Cordelia at the herring. Though it was crumpled up, a couple days of wear were evident. There was also a small, thin piece of metal, almost like the tip of a syringe stabbed into the hardwood floor. The syringe tip was just a tiny bit smaller than the diameter of the holes on Mark's neck. Telling me this easily could have been part of whatever contraption the killer used to siphon his blood. Which I assumed he was drained of completely. I made my way back to the hallway by the door that I smashed in and called Joe from the phone there. I knew this case just went from a little crazy to insane. I was used to tailing a suspicious husband or wife and documenting their infidelity through a camera lens. Not trailing a murderer or leaving bodies in his wake. Joe, we got a problem. And... another body. Well, thanks for stopping by, stranger. Hope you enjoyed yourself. If you're looking for more Neon Shadows, you can visit the Neon Shadows Speakeasy on Facebook, or Neon Shadows Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Or... Look us up as Neon Shadows on YouTube, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next time, stranger, and remember, keep to the Neon Shadows. Neon Shadows is written by Ian Knowles and voiced by Dan Faulkner, Amber Tubman, Sean Goodrich, Marcellus Clay, Tyler Brown, Logan Lankowski, and Ian Knowles. Copyright 2020. Reuse or reproduction of our content is strictly prohibited.
1: So, do you like comedy? If you do,
2: then Friday Follies might be just the feed for you. From the Mutual Audio
1: Network, every Friday, we bring you a selection of hilarious audio drama And you can find it wherever you find your podcasts. Just search for Friday
2: Follies, or you could subscribe to the main Mutual Audio Network feed. It's up to you. Find us there.
3: The Mutual Audio Network. Listening
2: and imagining together.